Productions. Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Oh my, oh well. Welcome back to the show, and we're all doing well. Welcome back to Go Deep Productions, Go Deep the Podcast. Today, on today's show, rather, we have two special guests that have been reoccurring guests, especially one he's been around since the dawn of time, as it would seem. He's got, uh, he's probably in the relationship of dust and fart. Well, the one and only Motorsports Mofo. How are you, pal? I'm uh, good, John, as always. Happy to be here. Uh, since the dawn of time, I mean, good Lord, it feels like uh, you make me sound like 100 years old, but uh, <laughs> all the same, happy to be here doing this. Definitely, definitely. Um, our next guest has been on here for a couple of shows. He really knows how to keep things straight and keep things concise. We call him the Colonel. You can call him the same. How's it going, buddy? Excellent, excellent. Thank you. So, it's been a little bi- a little while, and I know we always seem to say that, but it's been a little while. We've been busy. What have you guys been up to there, Mofo? No, I'm just uh, trying to get through the last, uh, the final days uh, before the uh, first day of spring. You know, the last uh, days of winter here in Toronto, obviously, we've had a couple of belts of snowstorms. So, we've just been trying to get through that. And otherwise, just, you know, did the auto show, did Motorama, really trying just to sort of get ready for spring. Uh, you know, taking in the racing season. It's just been underway. NASCAR and uh, Formula One. And just uh, just ready for summer, to be honest. Yeah. Fuck this snow. Colonel, how about you? What have you been up to there, pal? Uh, just uh, kind of laying low because of the weather. Particularly today. God, the windshield was savage out there. Oh, my God. I uh, came yeah. out of uh, Chuck E. Cheese with my kids. And I'll tell you, man, I, I, I almost turned right back around and said, you know what, we're going to stay here tonight, even if, if everything's all kid-touched and snotty and nasty. Might be a better choice. Does Chuck E. Cheese still have the ball pit? I always have fond memories of the ball pit as a kid. Well, unlike your um, pleasant memories with G.I. Joe in the ball pit, it is no longer around. <laughs> <laughs> and it so who's G.I. Joe? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody knows anymore. I don't think he knows. Uh, no, the the ball pits are gone, and now the ball pits in IKEA. IKEA had uh, ball pits as well, and to my knowledge, they've been removed from all locations as well. So that kind of sucks because I remember as a kid they were awesome. I used to love doing fly kicks and like flying like elbows at people <laughs> in there. Oh, I shouldn't be uh, so proud about that, but uh, I got a couple of those kids. They were little assholes. Well, we're all, we're all, we've all done things that uh, we sooner or not admit to. Right? <laughs> well, and most of more than most. But <laughs> 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 who's counting, right? Exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, so we're going to move on forward there, gentlemen. So we wanted to talk about uh, the asteroids. So on the news recently or in Google News or wherever you see your news, they were recently talking about an asteroid, the potential of it hitting. Like we've had a million of them, but the potential that there's one that's very serious that's supposed to come in 2046. Now, I wanted your opinions on whether you think this is going to happen and what can we do? What can we do to mitigate this problem, in your opinion? 
So we're going to start with the Colonel. Colonel, what what is your opinion on this? Um, okay, I'm not up on what the technology is, but if they could uh, soft land some explosives on it, now this is going to depend on the trajectory and the speed and everything else, and then set those off remotely. I would push it off course. That's all that's needed, really. That makes sense. I I, I can agree with the way you're uh, with your with your thinking. I can't speak clearly apparently today. Mofo, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I know we've talked about this. Uh, I don't remember. It was a while ago, John. But I, like I said, I remember, and my same logic is going to come for the this potential one and they're speaking about in 2046. I remember this is probably going back like 18 or 20 years ago. I remember watching at the time as a young person documentary and they were talking about one that at the time they said was guaranteed or at least looked like it was on track to hit the planet in 2029. Right. And at the time they said that, you know, they're tracking it and yes, they know it's there, but they weren't, they, or they hadn't even started developing uh, anything to even deal with it yet because they essentially said, you know, it, it's something that, that it's so far out, much like this one, not it's that far, but it's far enough in that the rate our technology advances, they would come up with a means to deal with it. And all of a sudden that technology or that idea will become redundant and they'd have to go back to the drawing board within years later. And so I'm in the mindset of whether it's 2029, which is obviously a lot closer, but if it is, say, then or the 20, you know, 46 one, I break it down in my mind. Um, maybe ignorance is bliss, but I, I personally rationalize that, you know, A, there's people that are a lot smarter that work for various entities and that, that I just have to put my hope and faith that they, they have a plan device or they're going to come with one to to deal with the situation accordingly, whether that being, um, you know, sending Bruce Willis and company up to, to, you know, mine the asteroid and then push it off course and blow it into pieces like Hollywood would like us to see. Um, or, you know, maybe again, they're going to use some sort of technique that we have no idea about. Right. But even if they said, listen, like there's nothing we can do. We're not, we're, we're literally not going to do nothing. We're just going to, you know, uh, the powers that be are going to, uh, you know, get into their bunkers and the other people are going to get on the spaceship and hope it uh, works out for them that way. And the rest of you just sit here. I mean, the way I rationalize it, John, and to the listeners is I look at it and the reality is, is there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing the average person can do about it. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And that's not even from like a religious standpoint. That's just me being a realist and accepting that there's only so many things you can control. Right. And as much as it might be concerning, I just think like the average listener, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I know I, I'm speaking for myself, we as the average listener generally will think nothing of taking calculated risks on a day-to-day basis, right? And what I mean by that is, oh, there's you know a friend in a parking lot and I'm on the other side of the road and you just arbitrarily jaywalk across the road or you'll, you'll run through traffic trying to, uh, to, to flag a taxi or you know, whatever it arbitrarily is that you do and you'll think nothing of it. So I guess in my mind, the probability of me being hit by a car or car accident or, um, 
just dying of natural causes or whatever is probably more likely than being wiped off the face by a potential asteroid. But I mean, if it, if it is deemed to happen, you know, it's one of those things where you just sort of accept it because it's coming and nothing you can do about it. But I would obviously, you know, hope that, you know, people within, in that industry and sector and power. I are, get a step away from it. Carrying a phone. So, Rodolski, uh, I would just obviously, yeah, I would just obviously hope that it's something that they are able to deal with. However, it's one of those things I just accept. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So I was going to say there, Mofo, I know that you can't control your bowels and your underwear, but um, knowing that we have the control of at least trying to mitigate the issue for ourselves. <laughs> um, now, let's say that there isn't anything that science can do or even defense-wise we can do to stop this asteroid. It's going to hit us come hell or high water. And obviously I hope for the high water in that case. But anyways... Do you, knowing that this is happening, now build a bunker that can survive twenty years underground? What are you, what what is Mofo thinking when this happens? Yeah, I think like I think it's something that sounds nice on paper, John. It really does. I think like yes, you. But the thing is, is I rationalize it. You can only store so much food or so much water in that bunker. You have to start factoring in the the things of it as an example, um, how you're going to get rid of your waste, whether food waste or human waste. Uh, you know, just like the 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 reality is, is, like you you think like that would be the harder thing to do is almost the the, the ones that survive, is you don't know what's going to be left, right? You might come out of that bunker, and the the atmosphere everything is just completely blacked okay. out from dust it's and a, it, it is a really interesting situation i think knowing well, just, that I mean, this think is, it. like let, let's say john like you are in the most uh, remote area right let's say you're you know a, a number of feet above sea level so even if things flood and so on and so forth that you are still you and the current law as an example are, are very much safe and secure fair enough but then for how long? What happens if the water is has been contaminated and you say, okay, well, well Mopo, we've got water purification tablets and we're going to boil and da, 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 da. Well, what happens when those tablets run out? What happens when you run out of a means to boil? You assume, oh, well, we can, you know, sur- survivalist skills will allow us to light a fire and, and, and go on with that. Well, you're presuming then that you can find timber or uh, things to, to burn. You'll assume that the air is going to be of any sort of breathing quality, right? I think this me as a realist, like, yes, there is means of survival, but then you have to also account for there's so many what ifs if something on that scale were to happen. I think it just becomes uh, a situation where I'd rather, to be honest, just go to the liquor store, grab a couple of bottles, and uh, just make a good day of it and sit there in the lawn chair and watch it come into our atmosphere. Okay. That's How fair. big is this? potential asteroid I don't remember what the size is but it's it's one of those ones that are is a civilization killer if I remember correctly okay so it's what they call a global killer yes um, I, I think with the technology they have now with the computers they can run scenarios for example if it got hit uh, say center with 
a rocket that blew it into pieces. Everybody thinks, well, these pieces will land on the Earth. Not necessarily so. Those pieces, and if it was run with the inaccuracy of a computer program, may launch off far enough to skip the the Earth entirely. So I think as time goes on, our technology, we don't all kill one another, it's going to get better and better, and solutions will be found. I think solutions will be found as well. And I thought, you know what, what would be interesting, outside of our opinions and the idea that G.I. Joe should have been here with us, and he's not, of course, and not for any reasons other than his balls are in his wife's purse, but getting back to the subject at hand here, um, I wanted to reach out and I wanted to use new AI, and everybody's pretty familiar with this AI. I've now started implementing it, and I asked it the question. So I've asked Chad GBT, tell me what the potential of astro- an asteroid in 2046. So it gives you its normal spiel that it's a language model and um, it does everything but give you a verbal hand job. But then it also goes on to the fact that, you know, uh, asteroids are potentially hazardous, of course, uh, especially if they're in a collision course with Earth, uh, with Earth, if I can speak English, of course, and that uh, we would have advanced warning if such an event were to occur because we have scientists, right? Scientists are always watching. And it's also worth noting that if there was an asteroid on a trajectory towards Earth, it would be possible that it could be deflected or destroyed through various mitigation techniques. Just like you were saying there, the Colonel. In any case, any the chances of an asteroid uh, impact causing catastrophic damage to Earth are relatively small. So that's, uh, that's a positive that uh, the chat GPT wanted to tell us. But here's... Here's here's another um, little thing I just want to kind of throw in there real quick. So let's say we added another theory on top of this theory of an asteroid of 2046. So there's three trains of thought. There's probably four. There's probably five. There's maybe more. doesn't matter. I want to talk about these three. So let's say there is an asteroid hitting us, and we join the other theory that the Earth is flat. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying let's throw it out there. Does that change things for you guys at all? Uh, I totally discount that simply because I've seen too many photographs of the Earth (laughs) from the moon and various satellites. It's totally round. So that's where I stand on that. Okay, fair enough. How about you there, Motorsports Mofo? I can't take the flat Earth very seriously on the pretense there's average people that have done sailing around the globe. And none of them have fallen off clearly. And and that's the point. And and there's various people that have, again, that are not, you know, of any, of any sort of complex knowledge that again, have been able to, to prove that, you know, it's like, as an example, you can be on the tip of Alaska and essentially see Russia. Right, so again, when you start to factor that in, like it doesn't make any sense with the flat Earth theory. Agreed. How about pertaining to pertaining to pertaining? I was just gonna say pertaining to the if, like, if I was going to entertain that uh, that narrative, though, 
um, I think we would still be back to the same things. That like even if it was then in theory flat, you would have such a tsunami of, of water and the, the the fallout there. And we've already seen what miniature ones essentially do that are still rather sizable. Yeah. If, you, if you look at for throughout our solar system and even beyond, every planet, every moon is round. The only distinctive one that I'm aware of is different in any degree of Saturn with rings, which I think is absolutely spectacularly looking planet. But yeah, like everything that, is round and if you if you have a planet capable of holding an atmosphere, it has to be incredibly dense on the inside. And by its very nature, although I'm not a physicist, would lead me to think that that will pull matter in and around it all over to create a round type structure. I just, I can't, I just can't wrap my head, I guess, around like that flat earth theory enough to really take it seriously. Like I said, like I, I still come back to even if it was true, even if it was true, right? I'm not saying that if it was true, it's like there's still nothing you're going to be able to do about it if, if it was indeed going to hit. You know, but then where, like, where does, if it, if you went with that flat earth theory, where would the boundary lines end? Like, how far off after the continent does it, does it end, right? But again, I don't buy it. So, I mean, on your hybrid theory, though, as you were saying there, John. Well, there's also a hybrid theory, and I know we're kind of moving further away from the asteroid. And that's, that's okay. We can move away from that for a little bit now. There's also a theory that <clears throat> the earth is flat on the top, round on the bottom. And that we have a firmament about around the Earth, and that's basically like this this area in between where it kind of separates us from space. It protects our oxygen. Um, whenever they shoot rockets, we've never been able to leave the Earth because of the firmament. And basically, rockets go up, and they can never break it, and they kind of go like they go around. They curve according to this firmament that goes around from one point of the Earth to the other point. And that firmament is round. The Earth is flat underneath it, and the ra- underneath the Earth is round, which just it sounds very like obviously it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, you know, with that being said, what's your theory on people believing that you know there's a firmament and uh, you can't get past it, and everything that we've been seeing on the TV is is some kind of um, reenactment or some kind of fictitious thing that's been played for our entertainment or to keep us under some form of control. You're seeing pictures of the Earth and various continents from satellites that are orbiting the Earth. Yep. Uh, it's They know that you need a speed of about 25,000 miles an hour to break uh, out of the gravitational pull into, the, into outer space, thanks. Coming the other way, the angle of entry, and this is critical to space shuttles, and I think it's it's somewhere around 25 to 26 degrees angle, and it's, it, it, they break it down even further. And if you don't come in at the exact angle, you can literally bounce off the atmosphere. It's that dense and protective of the Earth. So... It protects us, and you need a lot of speed to get out there 
into outer space beyond it. And just so but we're clear, when, you're, do when you're talking about speed there, Colonel, you're not talking about the the pill form. We're talking about acceleration and throttle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the Earth rotates. It was it something like 33,000 miles per hour or something like that. Like some, some crazy figure. I mean, obviously we don't feel it while standing here, but I believe like scientifically it's something up there. Like just, I believe yeah, you're correct. Moon, well, you're saying the moon this does not up. rotate. No, wait, I don't yeah. see the one side of the moon all the time, which is really curious. I, I, I guess I, I, I have to side with the colonel here, John, in the sense of that I, I find some of these theories are just so out there. But I mean, you know, I, I, I guess there's also a, a group that would say like we are wrong, or, or that you know, and, and you. Know, yeah. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't see it. I'm not saying that I'm the be all end all, but I'm of the mindset that, you know, like the, the solar system and planet things are round and this sort of teacup sort of thing that you're speaking of or hybrid theory of it. I just, again, I can't quite wrap my head around it. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't necessarily understand fully how like missiles and, and, and things of this nature work and how, um, but I, I just like I I accept satellite imagery and just the the narrative that the, the Earth is round and it's it's made up of various composites and matter and things of that nature that ultimately it's a it's a round sphere and it is what it is. So a hybrid model, I, I just again I can't wrap my head around it. I just not not seeing it right. But you know, I, again, like. Maybe maybe one day in an afterlife or another life or something, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll be proven wrong, and as we all will be, or or maybe we'll all get the the sea back and say, hey, we're you know, we were all right the right the whole time along that this is definitively like it is the round Earth uh, sphere model. When I bring it up, I'm not bringing it up saying that you know it's right or I necessarily agree with it, but I just throw it out there for ideas. I want to I want to see where your heads are at in. No matter what you decided, either one of you, it's not like I'm going to stop talking to you. I'm apparently just. I think. I think the biggest thing though is, is like it's one of those things like you know if, if indeed it was it was going to hit, and you think like of the the what ifs and what you would do. And I think like the reality is, is like the average person, there's there's really nothing that you, you could do. Um, they, they talk about like I'm not sure what the size of this one was that they're they're forecasting or speculating on. And I say again, speculating because you know. I'm the mindset that, you know, there's lots of things that are predicted and then there's variables and things that, that take things off course and change and alter and so on and so forth. But I mean, the average person, in our case, the average Torontonian, the average people in North America or Europe, wherever Asia, you know, nothing we can do. Not our, not our dare I say, not our problem. No, the governments aren't going to sit back and do nothing they're gonna, uh, they're gonna no and of course and as and i hope they would do something i'm just saying though that you know me me um as an individual you know getting wound up and then not sleeping for for days on and like what's that ultimately going to do right and especially if i'm still taking day-to-day risks of as an example just jay walking across the street to get you know to get to a store or running through traffic um to, to catch a bus no, but or, that's inherent in life, though. I mean, no, and, and I know. But I'm just saying, though. Like, if I'm if I'm more likely to to be 
injured or harmed by something of my own doing. So I'm, that's why I guess I'm not worried about the potential there of uh, an asteroid in the future. I'm just a realist in the sense of that I do all sorts of crazy things on a day-to-day basis that are more likely to probably get me than some asteroids. And that's sort of just my logic. I got I to gotta throw something in here. Um, Please do. It's going to upset a lot of people. Is this, this whole theory of, uh, and I put this in quotes, uh, climate change. Um, if you look at what companies like Exxon spend, um, not currently, but you know, pr- prior in into research for uh, mining for oil or gas, um, it's in the billions in research, and a lot of times they take. Uh, cores of the earth and they can learn a lot from cores and when they study cores going back thousands of years they see from what they get that the earth has gone through periods of uh, heat cold um, air like prehistoric the prehistoric uh, earth was very, very high in oxygen content, way higher than 21%, so 28-29, and various things like this. Um, this. This is natural. This is what happens, that you you have periods of, of change. A lot of the current desert in the world um, was once rich, fertile land, but um, weather systems... Uh, have changed and it turned a lot of these very, you know, great fertile areas into, into desert sand. And it's been that way for hundreds, if not maybe thousands of years. But that doesn't mean it couldn't change again. So what I'm saying is the only thing that's constant is change. And for all these people to get upset while you know, they say, well, they, you know, it's, it's a degree or two hotter now than it was, you know, X number of years ago. And you know, when you look at the data going back, um, maybe it is two degrees warmer, but it was a lot warmer 100 years ago. Yep. You know, um, it's, 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 it's a way of controlling people, and you control people by instilling fear. And I I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the mindset there too, Colonel. If I may jump in, I mean, sure. It's, we we have dinosaur bones as an example, and science has has clearly said that you know it would have been a lot warmer, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago. Plain and simple, it was, mm-hmm. and different climate, different environment. And I think the the one thing is is like when we talk about climate change, is in the sense of yes, does it potentially cause impact to are its human's way of life. Yeah, potentially it does. I mean, sure, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, in terms of climate change for the globe, this might be something that just naturally goes through. It's Earth's way of just replenishing, going through its natural changes. It may not work for us, but it might ultimately work for the next species or, or things to inhabit Earth, and then ultimately comes back around in a full circle. But in terms of um, the planet warming. I mean, again, I'm in the mindset that it was a lot warmer, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago. Well, right? I, so, I could be devil's advocate here and correct me if I'm wrong, 
But there was a theory or an idea out there that all the continents used to be together at one point and it was Pangira or whatever, something of that name. Uh, yeah, that sort. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So with that theory or with that idea in mind, potentially the dinosaurs could have all been on the one big continent and been on any part of it before it all split. And it would be easy to see there was vegetation or things were a lot warmer because it was closer to the equator. So I think if we look at it from that lenses or that lens, you could say, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was just because all the continents were together at that point. Maybe the earth wasn't necessarily warmer at that time, but I'm not um, one that necessarily uh, subscribes to this um, global warming to the extent that we're going to add an extra $200 to your bill for carbon uh, tax credits, but that's a, that's a conversation for another story down the line. Yes. Yeah, down the line. Absolutely. We're definitely going to have to have a sit down and talk about the, uh, the ideas of this carbon credit system that's been uh, put through um, years and years and years ago. I think uh, I first heard about it with the Harper government, if I remember correctly, when they were pushing through for the 2030 plan. But uh yeah, we'll definitely get into that one in a in a later show. I think we definitely need to sit down and cover that from all angles. If if I could just throw this out quickly. If you listen to what Biden has said and Trudeau has said, you're hearing ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time absolute, complete and utter lies about everything. If you conduct your life doing exactly the opposite of what they say, you'll be okay. <laughs> that kind of sums up how I feel about it. Yeah. No, I uh, I don't I don't think me and you think uh, that differently when it comes to uh, politics, to be perfectly honest. Mofo, I, yeah. I've never, I've never, trusted, I've never trusted a drama teacher. <laughs> Ooh, nicely done. Right? Nicely done. Just my opinion. I don't know why everybody's celebrating your opinion, but uh, clearly we all agree with you there, Mofo. In Mofo, we trust. So I thought, <laughs> you know, with the earth, the flat earth thing, because I'm not done with it for whatever reason. I don't believe in it, but I just, I'm not done with it. So I asked chat GPT. This racecraft needs work, but I, I digress. <laughs> I, uh, uh. I looked at uh, chat GPT and I asked, is the earth flat? And it says no. The Earth is not flat. The overwhelming scientific evidence inv- involving the observations of celestial bodies and satellite imagery shows the Earth is a sphere. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And it goes on and it says more. And it says, the idea that the Earth is flat has been thoroughly debunked and is not supported by any scientific evidence. Period. So the AI that's, um, it, it like, we got to be clear on something. It does have a bias. And the bias is whoever is programming it can decide what's right or wrong. So, I mean, ideally this works out for our theories and our beliefs as well that the earth is round. But God forbid we're all wrong, including the chat GBT that's being programmed by the left. So, take it for what it's worth there, gentlemen. I'm not losing any sleep over this. <laughs> Neither am I. But I'm pretty certain G.I. Joe is. I think he was yeah. a firm believer of the flat earth theory. 
speaking of Earth, uh, one 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 issue of the Earth I keep an open mind is the hollow Earth theory. Ooh, that's a good one. Which you may or may not be familiar. Yes. So it's funny you brought that up, and I didn't want to cut you off, but there's a belief that there's a cave with an entrance out in the Antarctic, and there's videos online that you can find. And apparently from the Antarctic, you can go in this massive cave that has its entirely own ecosystem, waterfalls, Mm -hmm. large trees, natural light. And I don't know exactly where the natural light would be coming in from, but... It's uh, it's something interesting. What is your theory on that? Now that you've kind of brought you kind of brought that bad boy up, I think there is strong evidence to support it by reliable the few reliable people that have experienced it. Um, and if it is true, the government, particularly the U.S. government, is keeping it very hush hush could be an entirely different civilization. Well, I'm glad you brought that uh, up. Far more advanced than us living there. Uh, we... And that's why in Antarctica and those various weather stations, there's an area that you're not allowed to fly over. At all. At all, yeah. Well, when you look on Google Earth, and I don't know if a lot of people have taken the time to do this, there's only one small portion that you can actually witness of Google Earth at the Antarctic. It's a small little um, scientific seaport area. And in order to get there, you literally have to be escorted by armed guard. And you're not, you're only allowed to around this certain area. And then you're armed guarded the fuck back off the island. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, uh, and they're not there to protect you from polar bears either. No, no, there's, well, there's clearly reasons, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just like uh, the X Files said, the truth is out there. <laughs> well, oh, there there was a, a pyramid, kind of a blackish green pyramid that emerged through the snow uh, in Antarctica that they investigated. That it's it's kind of like the wall opened up when they got close enough and they went inside and they couldn't see what was lighting it but there was ambient lighting throughout and it was an incredibly advanced structure yep um it was reported on but not not widely talked about and they keep in that hush hush yep the other one is the path of the flying saucer that's crashed you can see the uh the scraping pattern across the ice and then a dislike uh, shape half buried in the snow. Again, they're not they're not saying a lot about that. So Colonel uh, Linda House Earth files have quite a bit of information on that. Colonel, what is your belief on UFOs and aliens since we're going down that path slightly? Okay. Um I had heard that the CIA has a book detailing something like 56 different races of aliens that have been visiting the Earth uh, for thousands of years. They all have different agendas. They all vary in uh, looking uh, like insectoids and humans and a variety in between. And... um, I've also heard the theory of uh, 
what do they call it, the Galactic Federation, that uh, you have to reach a certain level of technology to be invited in. Yeah. And uh, not all aliens that fly around are friendly towards us. And uh, uh, it, it makes for a very interesting viewpoint um, on what life may really be like. I also think the U.S. has reversed engineered a lot of the spacecraft and has their own UFOs now. Yep. A look, look, look up uh, Solar Wind, I believe, that Gary McKinnon talked about when he hacked into, uh, the, I think it was the NASA computer. They still want to extradite him from, an, from England and imprison him for 89 years or something. Because he kind of blew the lid off of that. Jesus, I never knew that. He was a young kid living in his mom's basement type of thing that was into computers. And uh, he found that the U.S. had a, uh, a space fleet of, uh, of craft that are already on patrol. And that um, we're already on Mars and the moon and various other places. And uh, uh, the world is we think of it as really actually much bigger stuff I've like anti-gravity uh, wormholes teleportation all this stuff is a reality it's all very- I sometimes thought that actually is just pertaining to the thing about Mars is that like, I can always wonder are we farther along um, than what we're letting on we like, do, do, do we know more and have we done more testing than we're actually alluding to the general public pertaining to the programs and such and and same with the moon. Like I, I, I've always maintained, like you know, um, why we a haven't been back sooner, and b like why why did we stop going unless maybe something was found, right? We were warned off. No, and again though, that's what I say. There's so many things out there that, like to me, have a broader question in that. And going back like to the the asteroid thing, it's like you know, I think the the this 2046 asteroid thing is really a a small potatoes thing compared to all the other things that are out there that were either A, not being told about, or B, that could potentially get us, right? Um, but I, I just, I feel like there's there's more to the, the moon thing, you know? Um, but as for Mars, I, saw, I, I definitely wonder, you know, are we farther along on there than, than science is telling us right now? Are we on more of a need-to-no basis right now? I think we're definitely on a more need-to-know basis. I'm not sure what benefit there is from not telling us. Maybe it's just easier for them to be able to do business um, with these entities and whatnot. But at the end of the day... It might be, like you said, a control thing too, right? Like, I mean, keep us somewhat part of the pun, but in the dark, right? Don't give up more information than you necessarily need to. Um, maybe some of that information might not be the most palpable to people, right? In well, terms of, well, I, I mean, it became known that the government agreed to the abduction of individuals uh, in exchange for advanced technology, and the abduction of individuals led to the removal of sperm and eggs, and. Um, the creation of hybrids. 
with the idea of eventually replacing us on Earth. Or maybe even sooner. Who knows? I, I'm not saying I disagree with that theory. I just, I can't fully see it right now. Like, I, I just can't fully take that. So that's what Bill that's Gates is. Own. Bill Gates is a hybrid. <laughs> and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Sorry. I got a little carried away there. Cause I was thinking how, of, how do you how do you go to a nice steakhouse knowing that you could order every every steak in the place but you couldn't eat it all? I mean it's it's a strange sensation. Just to use that as a I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. I, I have a nice car collection. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I thought I seen something on the news recently that uh, Captain Kirk had uh, kicked the bucket, but he was just coming to terms with the fact that he doesn't have very much longer to live. How old is he now? Like 91? Last I heard he was 82, and that was a while ago. He's old. I know he's old. Well, if he made it to 91, good for him, man. That's that's a good number. I mean, what's the average living age these days? I think you're lucky to hit two years out of retirement, right? Oh, I think that's a lie. The lie they tell. Could be just certain I think, fields. I think, yeah, I think the average age is somewhere like in the mid-80s. used to be about 75, 78. I don't know. It's, it's I want to say it's like 82 back. right now, I think, I think so. I think you're lucky to make That's it. Off the top of my head. I think you're ma- lucky to make it off of or uh, past the first forty years of life, like the amount of dangers, ego, and stuff of that nature, right? I think then after you've passed all those dangers, then you have the dangers of your body's failures, you know, as you go along. Well, and again, that's why I came back to from the beginning. It's like, you know, am I really worried about something that may or may not hit the planet in 2046? I mean, there's so many other things that we we just on a day-to-day basis don't even think twice about. We just, you know, soldier through. Or you... in a parking lot. You have to worry about that? <laughs> I hope not. No, but just that, that's sort of just where I, uh, that's where I lie my sort of hat there in terms of, you know, there, there's so many other potential things that could get us before this, you know, this date. And I always find like with any of these apocalyptic things, it's like the dates you usually set off, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out. And it's like long enough that, you know, the average person, it, it seems, oh my God, I need to do something, but I'm not sure what. And then ultimately when those days, you know, get closer and, and nothing happens. It's like, oh, well, yeah, and I, I it, it's going to be coming, though. I had you know, a dream or I, I have had some sort of epiphany that it, this is why it didn't happen, but now it's happening again in another 20 years or some sort of far out well, date. So. Over, over the years, I've heard some good um, sayings, and uh, one of the best I ever heard. Uh, was, and I quote, live in the now, end of quote. Yeah, makes perfect sense. That's why when you go to live comedy the clubs, now. they want you to put your shit away so you can live in the now and stop worrying about how you can record it and upload it for everybody else to see. You know, And Mofo now is going to uh, explain the same. <laughs> Assume makes an ass of you and me. 
<laughs> well, it was too bad that G.I. Joe you was heard that from, uh, from someone. I don't know who that might be. But He's a smarter man than me. I can tell you that there, uh, Colonel. Thank you. <laughs> quite enjoyed that. That was quite the stroking. I felt it over here. <laughs> Must have been G.I. Joe reaching through. <laughs> he is Put the, the goggles on quick. Oh man. Face shield. He does <laughs> he does he does the best perfect strangers I know in town. According to you, Mofo. It's only what I've heard. <laughs> well, gentlemen, that was a very insightful and uh opinionated podcast on this latest episode. Motorsports Mofo. We appreciate you as usual. Well, thank you, and thank you uh, again, everyone, uh, for listening. Thank you for allowing us to do this. We appreciate you, and uh, we hope you'll uh, be back to join us next time. Where can they find you there, Mofo? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, at MotorsportsMofo, all one word. And, uh, yeah, send me a message, good or bad. I'm happy to, uh, happy to debate it out with you. Anything about cars, he'll know. Anything else, he doesn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Curfing is still up, up for question mark there. Woo! Some heated words. I think, I, I, think, I, think, I think the colonel and I have to uh, get into a racing debate sometime on here. Yes, that would be an interesting show. Well, we, one would be right. I mean, then there would be then there'd be your uh, perspective. But of course, <laughs> I, I digress. I, I can raise the Mofo's temperature to a much higher level. Trust me. <laughs> uh, make it. He'll make his engine look like someone used WD forty instead of uh, motor. Well, he's in the red line pretty quick. I yeah. get him going. <laughs> Colonel, once again, thank you for being on the show. We really enjoy having you out here. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No worries, folks. A wise person once told me nobody likes to tip, so that's why we go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep.